Hello and welcome to another episode of RT Plus. And in today's episode, we are going to look at authorizations for regulated businesses in the UK. My name is Arup Sen. I'm a senior knowledge lawyer in the financial services team at Northern Rose Fulbright. And today I'm joined by Lisa Lee Lewis, who heads up the risk consulting advisory practice in EMEA, and Victoria Pridmore, who is compliance manager in the same team. Now, today's podcast will consider several topics around authorizations, including an overview. Uh, of the authorization process, touching on different types of authorization in the UK. And we'll also have some interesting uh, comments and updates from the FCA and PRA on authorizations for domestic and international firms. So without further ado, I will hand over to Lisa and Victoria. So Lisa, in relation to firms looking to get authorised to conduct regulated activities in the UK, what are the latest updates on this matter? Um, Just also thinking about some of the Brexit implications and the latest in the uh, new prudential regime that's due to come in. Thanks, Victoria. So there's certainly been some changes in legislation that will have an impact on the steps that firms will have to take when applying for authorisation or registration and how regulators will assess them. However, the overarching message for firms remains the same. They need to be ready, willing and able when submitting an application for authorisation or registration. Some of the specifics for different types of firms include, for example, for international firms, which include firms and funds that were previously passporting into the UK and have now entered the temporary permissions regime or the temporary marketing permissions regime or even one of the runoff schemes under the financial services contracts regime if a firm did apply for tpr or tmpr then they will be assigned a landing slot if they haven't done so already um, so that they can submit their application for authorization to obtain part 4a permission under fisma to the regulator but please note the regulators will not be able to defer closing dates beyond the 31st of December 2022. So it's important that you make sure your firm is fully prepared and ready ahead of this time. Now, in relation to payment services firms, payment services, um, you can apply as a payment institution in the UK, and these must be registered or authorised by the FCA. Depending on the volume of business, you could either be a small payment institution or an authorised payment institution. The application requirements are extensive and firms should plan sufficient time before commencing services. In respect of electronic money, where a firm wants to issue e-money, they must be registered or authorised as an electronic money institution. And depending on the average turnover, firms can choose to register as a small EMI firm or they can apply to become an authorised EMI firm. Of course, there are a number of exemptions that may apply in this regard. Now, with respect to applications for investment firms, investment firms will need to comply with all the standard FCA requirements, such as the threshold conditions and prudential standards but they will have to pay special consideration, as Victoria has mentioned, in relation to the new prudential regime, the Investment Firms Prudential Regime, IFPR, which comes into force on the 1st of January next year. So firms 
will need to demonstrate on the application how they can meet these requirements. There is a new MIFID proof supplement form, and this form requests information about the applicant and how it assesses its ability to meet these new IFPR requirements. So it's vital that you do start familiarizing yourself with these new requirements as soon as possible. In relation to consumer credit applications, which include credit intermediaries, lenders and brokers, it is important to note that while the application process for these firms haven't had many substantial changes, the timeframes for determination from the FCA can be quite lengthy, and sometimes it may take up to six months to allocate a case officer. So we therefore strongly recommend that firms submit complete applications from the outset to avoid delays. And once your firm has determined whether they'll need full or limited permission, then the relevant forms can be completed, making sure that you can meet the threshold conditions, present a detailed business plan, and making sure that you include special focus on how you set strategies to reduce risk that the business could pose to the consumers and the market in which it intends to operate. And lastly, if you are applying for authorization as a bank, credit unions or insurer, these are authorized by the Prudential Regulation Authority and you'll need to submit your application via the PRA's website. Now the PRA has a number of helpful sections such as the new bank startup unit and the new insurer startup unit. These types of applications can be very complex and usually would include firstly a pre-application stage which would include an initial meeting, a feedback meeting, a challenge session where, whereby a thorough business plan, sources of funding and corporate governance structure plans will be expected and then you may then submit your application once ready. So in summary, here are some of just the main points in relation to authorizations for different types of firms and what steps firms are encouraged to take to submit complete applications to the regulator. Please do have a look at our Regulation Tomorrow blog, which will keep you updated with any further changes or updates that will come into force in due course. So, Having provided a general overview, Victoria, perhaps you could briefly walk us through the authorization process and the expectations from firms? Yeah, of course. So I think the key takeaway from all of this is that the authorization process can be very complex and time consuming and requires a lot of upfront work from a firm before submission. The aim for the firm is ultimately to try and complete a submit a complete application at the outset, although that is particularly difficult and there are, are instances where that requires further FCA guidance and there may be instances where a complete application isn't submitted in the first instance. If it, an application is deemed incomplete, it's likely that you'll need to provide uh, supplementary information in a timely manner and engage with the regulator upon their request. So they may ask for a range of different documentation that's referenced within your regulatory business plan or including items that are still to be developed by the firm as they're in their in, uh, operational and inception stage. So I think the key takeaways for this authorization process and firms and how firms should run it is to consider, first of all, the expectation, sorry, that 
regulated activities and the scope of such regulated activities, and in particular, what they're looking to carry out. So there is a structural piece to this that needs to be considered prior to any application submission. Once that structural uh, position is identified, that needs to be clearly outlined within the business plan, and they need to then consider the individuals who will be performing the controlled functions, so the senior manager functions, how those activities will be controlled, and how generally they will meet the FCA's or the PRA's threshold conditions. So it's really important to make sure that throughout that document, you're articulating how you meet those threshold conditions, looking at the location of offices, appropriate financial and non-financial resources, and how the firm will continue to meet those after authorization. The other important thing for firms to consider is the scope of their activities leading to their um, regulatory status. So whether they'll end up being solo regulated by the FCA or dual regulated by both the PRA and FCA, because that can change the nature and scope of the rules that apply, as well as the regulatory engagement throughout the application process. And in particular, if applying to conduct deposit taking activities, the PRA is likely to lead on the application process. Once all of that is determined and the relevant forms are completed, which will be dependent on the type of permissions that you're applying for, um, the firm will need to submit this to the regulator, um, depending on which regulator is leading. The firm cannot conduct regulated activities until the approval has been granted. So it's really key to note that this process is lengthy and will have potential commercial impacts because regulated activity cannot commence until that approval is, is uh, provided. As I mentioned, it's likely that they'll request further information during the assessment. And effectively, they're looking to make sure that you are able to comply with the threshold conditions, as well as being ready, willing and organized to cooperate with the regulator at the point of submission and afterwards. Um, the final point to note is in this process is the application fee is payable at the point of submission and is non-refundable. And therefore, it's something that needs to be paid at that beginning point. I've just given a brief overview of that process. Um, and in particular, kind of some of the things that need to be submitted. Lisa, I wonder if you can provide a bit of detail on the statutory deadline. So, for instance, the FCA has six months to make a determination on complete, on complete applications and 12 months on incomplete applications. But what is, are the FCA meeting that figure in practice and what are the KPIs uh, and the most recent figures looking like in relation to those authorized, uh, authorization applications? Thanks, Victoria. So whilst it may remain true that those are the statutory timeframes to determine applications, these have increased for a number of reasons, especially due to the impact of COVID-19. So currently the FCA states on its website that they are currently receiving an extremely high volume of applications so firms may experience a delay in their applications uh, in relation to the allocation of a case officer. And based on the current volumes, allocations of applications to a case officer can take up to six months alone. Now, it's also worth mentioning that for dual regulated firms in the TPR, the legislation that delivered the TPR has also um, temporarily extended statutory time limits for UK regulators to process authorizations um, of applications from six months for complete applications and 12 months for incomplete 
two to three years from the end of the transition period. So this applies to applications already existing with when the legislation was made, including ones where the statutory deadline would have expired before the end of the transition period. So as at March 2021, there has been an increase in applications, mainly for Q4 last year, which is predominantly due to increases in retail and consumer credit applications. Now, at the same time, determinations of applications also increased, which has resulted in an increase in work in progress applications. So just to mention a few figures, the FCA received uh, 241 retail cases in Q4 last year, 751 consumer credit cases uh, applications in Q4 last year, and 60 wholesale cases in Q4 last year. It's important to highlight for last year, uh, an average of 98% of the applications were determined within standards in relation to the service level agreements with a mean of around four months to determine a consumer credit application and a maximum of around 20 months. For dual regulated application, it was a mean of around seven months and a maximum of nine. So as you can hear, in summary, what we can see, well, COVID-19 has had a strong impact on the processing timeframes for applications for authorizations. It is likely that we will see further delays in processing uh, these applications as a direct consequence of older applications being moved through the assessment stage and also due to continued backlogs in authorization. But it does remain to be seen how the regulators um, are thinking about further resources to meet this demand and therefore we strongly encourage firms to submit complete applications well ahead of time uh, and as complete as possible to help move the application along faster. Thank you, Lisa. And thank you, Victoria, as well. And thanks all of you for tuning in. Do stay tuned for further episodes uh, of RT+, which will be looking at different aspects around this topic. And also stay tuned to the Regulations Tomorrow blog for your daily updates on financial services and regulatory news. Until next time.